should start by commenting, as I have before, on the great contribution of many American missionaries to the education and public health of Madurai of Tamil Nadu of India. In particular, Ms. Katie Wilcox, who founded this college, but also the many others of her order and the many donors from mostly America who helped fund the development of this college and sowed the seeds that we see today in bloom 75 years later. I have often said that as a fourth generation adherent to the Dravidian philosophy and Manabu strives to achieve its ideals that women's education and equal opportunities for women are at the core of our philosophy and in fact if we look around the world are at the heart of societal progress any developed economy that has a high quality of life a high standard of living is marked by high levels of opportunity and near equality, if not perfect equality, for women in every field, in business, in public life, in elected office. In that sense, I want to reiterate something I've said every time I've come to this institution, that you are all privileged to have had a wonderful education, which very few get to experience. And what we, as the government, as public servants, aspire is that you should continue to play a role in the formal economy in some way, in the formal development of our state. Whether that is as entrepreneurs, whether that is as uh, high-achieving team members in small or large organizations, whether that is pursuing further studies and becoming teachers or researchers, in some way that you should continue to engage in an active role in society. And in fact, I think I mentioned last time here, we need a lot more women in public life in elected politics. We have a reservation policy with our government for local bodies to have 50% representation of women and many mayors and panchayat and uh, district union leadership was reserved for women. And legislation is the beginning of change. Societal norms then have to adapt. And over time, these individuals who are in the constitutional seats will grow into the role. I was already late in coming today, and I've already spoken many times before here. So I don't want to talk for too long. But it's customary at events like this that at least older than you, if not more distinguished than you, individuals like me should offer some advice as you transition from your academic days into 
the economy and into broader society. Of course, we are all shaped by our own experiences, by our own cultures, by our own families, by our own forefathers, by our mothers. And so, what I have to say may not be as applicable to some as to others. In fact, every individual is different. So, I will give advice or I will give some suggestions based on my progress in life, my experiences, the learnings, and I hope it will be of use to some of you in some way. The first thing I want to say is that life is a journey, a journey of discovery first and foremost. It is about each of us getting to know ourselves, getting to be comfortable with ourselves about who we are. The greatest discovery is of the inner thinking, the being, the soul of our own. Of course, that also translates into finding a path through life, some career, some family decisions, some profession, some specialization. But perhaps the best way to stress that individuality is to quote from the immortal Tirupura, the couplet, Tirupokum illa virkum, sirapova seitumil vetrumayan. We are all born with the same essence of humanity. We are all equal at birth. And it is our duty to find that path, that occupation, that direction that gives full meaning to our life and the full benefit of our existence to our society, our community, our family. A key Takeaway from that principle is that one should never compare oneself to anybody else or to any other benchmark. This relative value, am I as successful as somebody, am I as wealthy as somebody, am I as promoted as somebody, is a meaningless and a detractive pursuit. So the first thing I would encourage you, live your life on your terms, it is your life. Every life is different. There is no value whatsoever in comparing yourself to anybody else or to a benchmark. The true sense of contentment, the true sense of fulfillment comes from understanding yourself and realizing your dreams, your potential, your vision that you develop through life. A key component of that is to understand that the world is full of uncertainty. Nobody can predict what is going to happen tomorrow, let alone a year from now or five years from now. People who expect to have clarity, to have definitive, deterministic scenarios are actually going to find themselves very weak. Now, of course, I am in a profession like politics where every election can result in any outcome and every five years we roll the dice. But in almost any part in life, it is true that the element of uncertainty is quite high. In fact, I would say that the ability to cope with uncertainty, to park uncertainty as a state of being and still drive yourself, still have plans, still have vision, still have ambition, 
is one of the keys to long-term success. Many outcomes are not in our control. No matter how well you plan, no matter how disciplined you are, no matter how hard you work, the world has so many variables that can impact the outcome that you will find yourself unable to either fully determine your outcomes or in fact sometimes explain your outcomes. It is in keeping with nature that there are no irredeemable failures and there are no permanent successes. You will fail, you will have hard times. Everybody does. And no matter how much you succeed, you may be the top ranker in your class or in your batch, or you may win this race on this day, or you may get this promotion on this cycle that doesn't guarantee anything next time. So the key is to not let success get to your head and make you feel that you are somehow invincible or special and cannot be tomorrow at risk of failure. And to not let failure get you down so much as the great American football coach Vince Lombardi said, is not whether you get knocked down, it's whether you get back up. Everybody gets knocked down at some point. The question is, do you have the resilience, do you have the capacity to get back up and fight to run? after you get knocked down. In the course of my life, I would say I've learned one more lesson. Is if you are capable of building your identity, your contentment, your core of your being on variables that are not conventionally defined as success or failure, then you can actually actively seek uncertainty. You can actively seek the path less trodden. In my case, I was born into a family that had such a great legacy that I could have gone one of two ways. I could have said, let me rest on these laurels. Anyway, I have enough money, I have enough standing in society, I have enough potential, I'll be all right. Or I could do what I did, which is to say, since that is always there for me, since I am hedged, since I will always have that to fall back on, let me go and try and do many different things in many different places. There's no downside. If I fail at that, I still have this. And so what I did, my four degrees, I took four different subjects. I look at my friends who stayed in one field for two or three degrees or in one career after doing a particular degree. And they have reached far ahead of where I would ever do in that profession in that dimension, in that direction. Sometimes that direction or dimension is wealth. Sometimes it's title. Sometimes it's the number of patents. Sometimes it's the number of books. But I chose to do different things because I could afford to try to do different things. Because my sense of existence was already safe based on who I thought and who I knew I was. For different people, there will be different things. It's not always money that gives you that kind of sense of security. You may have such a uh, loving and caring family. You may have such good personal relationships that you don't worry about whether success or, or failure defines your existence. But seek to find that inner strength, that core, that allows you to search out volatility, to search out uncertainty, to take risks. 
Every time I switched from one profession to another, I had to give up the progress I had made in this and start at the bottom again at something else. Every single time I did that, it made me a better person, it made me a more well-rounded person and it enabled me to be successful at the job I do today because almost nobody in life has had the breadth of experiences or the range of education or even the accomplishments that I had before I came and sat as finance minister. And I can guarantee you that I could not do this job nearly as well today if I had not done almost every single thing I have ever done in my life before I came here. I'll make one last distinction. For many of us, we have choices. Every day, we can choose to go one way or another way. The poetry that probably describes this the best is called the road, the road Not Taken by the famous American poet Robert Frost. And I'll just read a couple of lines from it. It starts by saying, two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry, I could not travel both. And we, one traveler, long I stood and looked down as far as I could to where it went in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair. And then it goes on to say many things. And then he concludes and he says, I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Search for those roads if you have the capacity, and build the capacity to search for those roads would be my advice to you. If you do these kinds of things and you get to be successful, remember, as the principal said and as others have spoken before, at the end, the definition of success is when you have impact on other lives beyond your own, beyond your immediate circle, you, your spouse, your children. I spoke recently at the uh, event in Chennai where they asked me to speak about the transition from investment banker to finance minister. And I said, as an investment banker, I was actually reasonably successful very quickly. And therefore, in terms of either money or power, I had greater of both money and power when I was a senior managing director in a large global bank, managing businesses with uh, flows of hundreds of billions of dollars and profits of hundreds of millions of dollars across 60 or 70 countries. I had almost unlimited power as long as I stayed within my risk targets, as long as I delivered the profit and loss target, the profit target given to me, and I kept my team motivated. I could do almost anything. I could decide one day that I wanted my head of South Africa to then move to Germany and be head of Germany, and I could move the papers, move a family or a person like that. I can't do that as plans minister. I'm the people's representative. I lived the high life. I made a lot of money, I traveled first class everywhere, I went to 20 countries a year, I had a lot of power, I could make things happen, I made money for my shareholders. And now I live that large life. 
அது தமிழ சொல்லுங்களா ஒரு காலத்தில் நான் உயர்ந்த வாழ்க்கையை வாழ்கிறேன் இன்றைக்கு நான் பரந்த வாழ்க்கையை வாழ்கிறேன் despite the conventional measures not being as great. I was at Lehman Brothers the day it went into bankruptcy. I was in Mumbai running two companies with several hundred employees. The bankruptcy was not an event that was in my control. It happened because of variables back at the headquarters in New York. But I had all these employees, many of whom I had personally recruited from the IFAs, IAMs, RECs, the Xavier's, the St. Stephen's, the Bitspilani's. And I spoke to them on the day of the bankruptcy within about an hour of the filing. And I said to them, in the long term, this is a good thing for you. Today, it seems like the whole world is devastated. You worry whether you'll have a job. You took the job out of college, thinking this was the highest paying job in any campus recruiting anywhere in India. You thought you were the luckiest person. And for some of you, within two months, the company is going bankrupt. You must be so afraid, so nervous, so worried that Maybe I have made some bad choices in life or I have bad luck. And I said to them, think about it a different way. We didn't pick you because of your father or your brother or your last name. We picked you because you were the best talent that we could find. And there were probably 10 to 20 applicants at IIT for the job that we took you from, for you, that we took you for. In that sense, at the core of your existence is the talent and the capability, the work ethic, the personality. I am undergoing this trauma of bankruptcy at 42. I will come out of this stronger and better, which I did. But think about it from your long-term perspective. You all are undergoing it at the age of 19, 20, 23, 25. You will go on to have brilliant careers anyway because you're talented and you're hardworking. And your capacity to deal with uncertainty, to deal with disruption, to deal with bad events will be infinitely higher than mine because you have already experienced such a calamitous event when you were so young. The same way I say to you in a much milder form that you are a special batch. You all lost your final year which should have been the most accelerated learning by not being able to come to campus. You had to do it remote. You had to go through your exams, maybe in a very unique way. But at the end of all of that, you have graduated. You have joined society as proud college graduates from one of the best colleges in Madurai in India. And whatever adversity you faced will only make you stronger and yield better outcomes in the long term. I will quote one last line of another poem called The Poet's Testament from a great poet called George Sakayama. And this is a poem he wrote only to be read at 
his own kind of funeral ceremony. He wrote it, he didn't publish it. He said, after I die, when you have the memorial service for me, I want somebody to read this. And it's called the Poet's Testament. And the first line says, I give back to the earth what the earth gave. All to the furrow, none to the grave. Says, whatever the earth gave me, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, I was born. Whatever was within me to give, I gave it into productive output, into the row, into the farm, into the yield. And by the time I went back to dust, I had nothing left in me to give. So I had lived a full life. That has always been kind of a powerful motivation for me. I want to live my life in a way that by the time I go to the crematorium rather than the grave, I've already put back into society as much as I got out of it or more. In that sense, an event like today gives me immense pleasure because as the principal said, I get to follow in the footsteps of my forefathers, my grandfather and my father who had long and strong associations with Lady Duke College. I'm privileged to continue to my generation. I thank you for inviting me here. I congratulate the graduates, the professors, your parents, who all played a part in your victory today. But today is not a culmination, it is not an ending, it is a beginning. It is the beginning of the next and more productive, in fact, most productive till now stage of your life. I wish all of you a very happy and prosperous journey through life. And I thank you once again.